Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, y'all, hold on one second. Before we move on to our next topic, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Point number one, it's free. F-R-E-E. That means no money down. You can download the app and you can use it immediately. No money down, no bread, no nothing. Point number two, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. What am I saying? I'm saying you don't have to download any strange or or hard to learn software. You don't have to leave the comfort of your home. If you have a cell phone or a laptop, then that's all you need to start making your podcast on Anchor today. Point number three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. Let me say it again. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify. I'm talking Apple Podcasts. I'm talking Google Podcasts. I'm talking everywhere, any podcast platform you can think of, Anchor will distribute it for you. So you post your podcast right here on Anchor, and then on your end, your job is done. Anchor's literally doing the work for you. Point number four, point number four, you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Let me say that again for the people in the back. I said on Anchor. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means if one individual listens to your podcast, you can still make some money. Mm. Who don't like money? I know I do. In the last point, point number five, it's literally everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So listen, I don't know about y'all, but I love Anchor. I've been using it for a while. It's been amazing for the Porch Podcast. And I got other friends who have podcasts as well who have told me nothing but positive things about this app. So listen, you need to download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let me say that one more time. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to A-N-C-H-O-R, that's Anchor dot fm to get started this is the porch this is darnell smith let's get it baby anchor i love you yo 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 what's popping you kicking it with the coldest podcast in the world i'm your co-host b jones aka bolo but of course you already knew that of course i couldn't do it without my dog what's going on y'all it's your boy big smitty aka d nice aka d nail and this is the porch Living a dream, I'm on the road, I'm with the team, I got a show, rolling up green, liquor get pulled, jump on the stage, crazy I go, shot to the top of what's raising them lows, patiently working, attacking my goals, come to my section, I'm making a toast, this for the game, this for the bros, this for the one that was riding, riding, never plotting, always knew I would make it, I'm locked in, locked in, never stop. What's going on, man? What's up, brother? We got some we got, special guests in the room today. We got a special one today, man. I couldn't wait. I've been waiting all week to, to get this uh, this parenting series started. I know you had the Absolutely. idea a couple weeks ago, I believe, and to actually get it started is definitely exciting. Uh, first episode in a while, you know, since we've had it's guests. Been a minute. So uh, without further ado, man, let's, you know, I got my guys here, JC, my guy uh, Ross. I'm going to let them kind of both introduce themselves, tell a little bit about who they are, and we're going to 
get straight into it. JC, start us off. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm JC Wade. Um, play ball, state football with both Darnell and Bolo. Chirp, uh, chirp. Times, good times. Um, 29, man. I got three kids with one on the way. With one hey, more on the way. Congrats. Congrats. Congratulations. Yes, sir. Thanks, bro. I had no idea. Ross, OG, talk to him. What up, what up, what up? I'm the young OG, Ross the Great. Um, I, I'm married. I have three kids, uh, 14 going on 15, uh, six, and one and a half, and no more ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is but it. congratulations to you, my brother. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Absolutely. So, yeah, we wanted to get into it. Obviously, this is our parenting segment, and I think it times up pretty well. Obviously, we just had Mother's Day um, not too long ago where we were celebrating the beautiful mothers out there. Um, and, you know, shortly after, you know, you jump into the, to the grocery store, you see already advertisement for Father's Day. So, you know, that's that's coming up right now. And obviously, you, you gentlemen are fathers. I'm a father myself. And, you know, one important, important thing about the porch is, you know, we're going to kick it to from, from sunup to sundown to kind of talk about everything. And most importantly, you know, um, being black, you know, in America, being a black father, you know, there's a lot of things that, that come behind being a black father. Um, a lot of a lot of weight that you hold that a lot of other people uh, may not understand. Um, right. So we're going to get into it. Um, so we're going to let D-Nail kick it off. We've got a couple of questions. We'll run down, um, get your perspective and uh, we'll, we'll try to take the most out of it. Yes, sir. So let's just start off just real broad, man. Straight, straightforward. Tell me, you know, and, and feel free, whoever want to jump in first. What is it like just being a parent? Just straight up, just in a broad question. I don't have any kids yet. Um, you know, like Bolo said, the rest of you guys do. So just tell me this in general. What is it like being a, a parent, your everyday life? Uh, well, for me, because I, I probably have been a parent the longest, uh, it's tiring and taxing and thankless and rewarding all at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, it, is, it is like such a great responsibility. And for me, you know, spiritually, it helped me further my spiritual walk with God once I had a child. Mm -hmm. Once I had a child, I was under, I was able to truly understand what being a father was. And since God is our father, I, I understood, I understood what to do without questioning, right? Because gotcha. once you have a child, your child needs you, whether they realize it, recognize it, acknowledge it or not. So when you give them rules or certain gems to, to keep and hold, they might not realize that it's for their best interest until later, mm -hmm. but you knew the entire time. So me understanding that God has only been telling me what he knew was best for me, that being a father and then giving that to my children Mm -hmm. Help me understand that because that's what I want to do for them. That's that man. That's that's insightful. I love it. You know what I mean, especially I love how you just 
you know, um, kind of took the Bible and, and kind of put that into perspective. Um, like you said, every, your kids need you. Every time I think about it, me having a kid and I'm, I'm new, I'm newer to the scene. So my, my son, he's not even two years old yet. So I'm still learning, uh, progressing and, you know, trying to, you know, understand and learn from, you know, gentlemen like yourself and, you know, experiences you know, from like my father and things like that. So um, that's a perfect, uh, you know, illustration to try to tie that in. Cause that's kind of how I think, um, you know, to, from the protection side, to you know everything under the sun. So, mm-hmm. what about you, JC? Uh, man, I'll say it's one of the hardest jobs you ever have, but the best job you ever have, man. I I can imagine my life without my kids in my life. You know what I mean? And I've been a father for a long time, man. I had my daughter when I was 16 years old. Uh, she just turned 13 this year. Uh, so I'm seeing every part of it. I got a 13 year old, a 10 year old, and a two year old. Um, so it's one of those jobs where I couldn't imagine not doing it because it's been such a big part of my life, Mm -hmm. but it's also one of those jobs where, like he said, you have to be, it's a blessing. It's it's one of the biggest blessings in the world because I didn't even know who I was yet. And as a, as a father, I've seen now that that's probably my biggest role in life right now. It's bigger than any job title I've ever held. It's one of those roles where I'm responsible for their well-being, their maturity, their development spiritually, emotionally, physically. And I couldn't imagine not being a, a father right now, to be honest with you. Okay. That's real. No, I, no, I definitely appreciate that, man. That's uh, like you said, when, you, when you've been doing something for so long, it, it, it becomes a part of your identity, really, in, in, in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I, I could I could always I could definitely imagine that. Another question I want to ask you guys real quick. So, um, you know, when you think about when you were just younger and uh, JC, I know you said, you know, you obviously had your first kid when you when you were pretty young. Did you guys always like want to have kids like just from, from the rip or like is this something that you even thought about when you were younger? Um, I knew I wanted to have kids when I was young, didn't plan to have them that young, but definitely knew I wanted to have kids when I was young. Man, I'm the, I'm the youngest of eight. So I always came from a big family. My grandma got seven kids, had seven kids, so I always had a bunch of cousins and everything like that. And I always knew that, um, man, before I even knew what profession I wanted to be, I wanted to be that dad at games. I wanted to be that dad at graduations. I wanted to be that dad walking my daughter down the aisle one day. Um, Those were milestones that I thought about and that I knew were going to be important to me even before I knew some of my professional milestones, to be honest. Do you think so? Do you think to kind of stick on that? Do you think that was something where it's like more of like a hereditary thing, you know, where like, you know, you may be seeing, you know, people in your family kind of have that mindset, you know what I mean? Because obviously you think, Nowadays, more naturally, you'll think somebody, especially millennials now, they, they want to try to get everything together first before they get married. That's why you see a lot of people, you know, have kids, you know, when they're a little bit older. Right. But, you know, to, to hear your your side of it, it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? To have that feeling and have that that thought about, you know, obviously having kids even before your professional milestones. Like, I, I guess what was I guess where, where did that come from? Um, it really came from the fact that, like, unlike some of my siblings, um, I did have my father in my life. Um, and he was there for me. And I seen, and, and, and he may not have been there the emotional way that maybe people would want, but just having him there physically, 
gave me something to drive for and to create for one day because as a son, we always want to be like our fathers. Um, so seeing my father, seeing, um, I never knew my grandfathers, but my mom and them and my dad envied their father so much as that person who they can go to, as that person who could give them advice, as that person who could listen to them and all these things. And I knew one day I wanted to have my own family and I wanted my family to be look, be able to look at me as that man that they could be, that would be there for them. Nice. That's real. Sure. What about you? How you feel, Ross? Uh, you know what? <clears throat> I always thought I would have a kid. Um, I never thought I would have three, um, mm -hmm. but I always knew I would be a father. I just didn't think I'd be a husband, but, mm. uh, <clears throat> but, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, at one point or another, Smitty might've felt the same way, right? When you, when you raised by a single parent, that's just, it's not that it's, uh, it's not that it doesn't seem obtainable. It just doesn't necessarily seem normal. Right. Right. Uh, but I always knew to be a father, but it's kind of, kind of funny. It's, um, it was actually the opposite reason of what JC just said. Right because I wanted to be what my dad wasn't, mm. right? Um, you know, I can say, you know, kind of getting goosebumps right now <clears throat> because uh, my dad uh, just passed unexpectedly last month. Sorry, and- um, I'm trying to hear that, Ross. Right, right on. Um, we, uh, <clears throat> sorry. No, you're good, uh, you're good. We, uh, we developed a, a hell of a relationship once I got older, right? You know, from like, we started when I was like 18, but really for real, like from 20 all up until April the 9th, you know, last 2021, um, we developed a hell of a relationship to like, for real, like he was one of my closest friends when he passed. He wasn't just my daddy. He was my, he was my homie, you know, right. but growing up though, you know, so this isn't any slander because I, I miss my daddy. I, I love him so much. Right? right. But my story is my story and growing up, he wasn't there. You know, um, there would be months in between me seeing him, you know what I mean? Four, four, five, six months might pass. And I, I might've seen him once if that, you know, but, but, he paid child support and then would give my mom thousands of dollars on top of that. Right. He was there financially. So then when, uh, you know, he, he didn't have the money that he used to have for different reasons that, you know, I don't need to get into right now, but, you know, toward the end of his life, he didn't have the money that he used to have. Right. And he was sad that he wasn't able to give, you know, to leave anything to his kids because there's a lot of us. And I told him, I was like, man, I had everything growing up, but I didn't, I didn't want any of that then and I don't want it now. All I wanted was you, you know? So I knew from the time that I was a child that what type of father I wanted to be based on what I didn't have. And so I knew that I was going to you know, make sure that I was there for him and, or her, but I, I knew I was going to have a son, you know, first anyway. 
um, make sure that I was there for them, make sure, you know, I show them how to fight, make sure I show them how to, how to play ball. You know what I'm saying? Show them, show them how to talk to girls, all of that, because those are things that I learned for real, for real, like, without my dad things that you know the like for real like as a child I'll say the last thing that I and uh as I, let me say this caveat I learned a lot from my dad when I got older even if it was what not to do right and right. and when I got to be an adult that's you know that's when I we got had that relationship and he would give me very sound advice right but as a kid the last thing that I learned from him was probably like four or five years old when he taught me how to ride a bike. And then I really didn't, wasn't really taught anything from him in from five to 18 years old, you know? Right. So every, I learned how to talk to girls by listening to jokes. <laughs> I, I learned how to, I learned how to fight by, by watching Arn Anderson and wrestling, you know what I mean? And then Mike boxing, right? I, I learned how to, you know, all the things that I learned, I learned how to be tough listening to rap songs. And I mean, and then growing up on 42nd Street, you just kind of, you understand what the, you know what that's like, Smitty. You know what the it's east side, um, you know, just on the far east side, you got, you have to learn how to, how to carry yourself, right? <clears throat> and he wasn't there to teach me that at the time. So I wanted to make sure that I was there to teach my son everything that was not taught to me. Um, and that's how I knew I would have a child. I didn't know when I was going to have a child, but I knew I would have, a, I knew I would have one. I knew he would be a boy and I knew what I wanted to be for him then to, mm. as a, as a, as a youngster, you know? Nah, for sure, man. Nah, that's, yeah, that's deep, man. And like you said, I, I, I can definitely relate, you know, my cause my situation is kind of unique where it's it's uh it's like my first 11 years I had both parents in the house. My parents split and was just it was me and moms and then now recently kind of like you said Ross now that I'm an adult, me and my dad are starting to get back closer, you know what I mean? So like it it was like different phases of when we were close, we wasn't, we close, you know what I mean? So but kind of similar to you, and like I said I don't have any kids yet, but I know how important or how much I valued when I had both parents in the household. Like that was, mm -hmm. as a kid, that was very important to me. You know what I'm saying? They, a parent at the time, they may not understand it, but when you're a little kid and you, you know, you go into your basketball games, you got your mom. Everything. And cry, you remember everything. You remember everything. And like you said, uh, maybe JC said it, one of you guys said it, um, like as a, as a boy, you look at your, like you want to be just like your father. You know, I would look in the other room and my, my dad being there doing doing a jail workout, you know, to push it. We ain't had no we ain't had no equipment. He just getting to it. The tricep push downs on the bed. I'm like six, seven years old. I'm looking in there. I'm in my room trying to do it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Just you know. Oh. So my, my point is, you see that as a youngin, and you want to you, you want to you know kind of become that, or at least be be that once you're of age. So I definitely feel where you guys are coming from for sure. So Dinell, the segue on that, um, just kind of talking about you know seeing what our parents do and want to be want to be our parents, right? Uh, let's fast forward to you know you guys are fathers now, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about like your parenting philosophy. Do you find yourself, I guess, pulling back and, and trying to parent it like your parents, or have you developed your own philosophy? <laughs> For parenting because obviously obviously everybody has their own way of doing it right but there may be some times where you'd be like dang my mom used to do the same thing and now i'm doing it you know what i'm saying 
So right. it's certain situations like that where you sometimes got had those drawbacks where you'd be like, damn, I'm really acting like my daddy right now. Like, do y'all do y'all kind of find yourselves in that in that position or do y'all kind of just clean slate? I'm just doing it my way. You know what I mean? My philosophy. This is kind of what I'm running with. I, I personally don't think that's I don't think that's a possibility. Right. Everybody is a sum of what they've been through. Oh. You know what I mean? Um, you don't necessarily have to smell like smoke because you've been through fire. But you'll, but you will definitely uh, 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 react to being burnt differently. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. so there's no way that how your parents raised or did not raise you is going to affect what you do with your kid, right? Mm. You'll always, you'll always feel, um, what's the word? You always. You'll, you'll always feel like you want to exceed what your parents did or, or I'm, you know, when I have kids, I'm not going to do such and such and such and such, right? right? right, right, right. But then, then you get to be an adult and you, and you get to be a parent and you start giving your parents a little grace in, in your judgment, right? Like, uh, now, I, you know, I kind of see, you know. I understand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel you, mom. I feel you. Watch. <laughs> was wilding like that now joyce didn't need to be wilding the way she was wilding but i get it sometimes you know what i mean right, like right you know what i mean so my mom did the very best she could and i love her and i appreciate things right but there was things that i was like i'm not i i don't care what ha i am not doing that right 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 and i stuck to some of that right mm -hmm. but there are also things that i said i wasn't going to do and I find myself, well, I don't find myself. My wife will call me out on it. <laughs> She'll be like, you're doing what you said you wasn't going to do. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. And, you know, but I'm big on accountability. So I'll have to sit back and be like, dang, I, I wasn't trying to do yeah. that. But I guess I really was coming across that way. Or I really was doing that. <clears throat> that was the big part, excuse me, of, you know, being able to mend the fence with my father I, other than him apologizing for things mm -hmm. it was also me becoming a man and instead of instantly taking my mama's side because that's who raised me and you know boys are to their mom you know you know like it's just that I that did, relationship yeah. is different <laughs> you know right. Saying, right so it went from me just taking her side to me being a man and saying you know what it wasn't right but I can kind of understand some stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get where you was coming from. You you definitely should have did that differently, but I can understand how you were feeling on that. You know, but also, and here's the main thing, right? Your children, you'll go into, and I'm talking to you, Smitty, because you don't, you're not here yet. So I'm, I'm telling you what's going to happen or what's, in my opinion, should happen. You'll go into um, your parenting journey especially with your first one um thinking that it's going to be a certain way and that you're going to do things a certain way and that your relationship with your child is going to be a certain way your child will very quickly teach you that you and your plans mean absolutely nothing okay <laughs> your child will show you how to parent them, right? Yeah. Now, it's not something that, and excuse me, JC, if I'm going on too long. Not, 
definitely want you to get yours in, right? <clears throat> but it's not something that, um, it's not something that is going to always be that way, right? Because as they get older, they're going to expect, you know, are going to want you to be more lax with things that you know that you got to be more harsh with, right? Mm. Uh, or, or more stern, I should say. But as far as, you know, when they're, when they're small children, they'll teach you how to do it. And each kid is different, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I had, I had, you know, Rossi, you, you were around Smitty. Rossi wasn't a bad kid. Right. He didn't get in that much trouble, right? But I had to whoop him a couple of times, right? I don't have to touch my daughter. I can look at my daughter and she can cry. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I, you know, and now with Jackson, the youngest, I can whoop him, look at him, throw him off the roof. He don't give a damn. He's going to do like, uh -oh. Jackson <laughs> chooses violence every day. You understand? So like, <laughs> Jackson's just, he's just with the smoke at all times and the fire. He's coming to burn yeah, it all down. Fire. <laughs> with everything. So it's just your, your kids in the beginning, you will have to take charge and choose a parenting style, which is a whole lot easier to do when you're parenting with someone, whether it's co-parenting and it's a healthy co-parenting relationship or you're married. It's easier to choose your parenting style when you have someone to play off of. But eventually you will have to have and choose and stick with a certain parenting style as they get older. But in the beginning, they'll show you what they need. That's about you, JC. Definitely. Um, I agree, man. I find myself, man, like my parents sometimes all the time. <laughs> and I find myself um, really checking myself mostly because, like he said, some things you told yourself you would never do that you end up doing. Mm -hmm. then, so what I've learned and what I've been working on the most as a parent is trying to bring out the best of my parents and bring them to my kids. Mm -hmm. And bringing where they lacked it bringing that to the forefront as well to show them that I'm evolving as a parent. And I think what we got to take, I, I take into consideration all the time, how my parents were raised. Because I see that is they were doing the best that they probably had available to them at the time. Mm -hmm. I know one thing that I definitely look at a lot into now um, is black men in our society. I have to really look at that when I'm discussing things with my son, um, mostly because I didn't have a lot of those very pro-black talks because it wasn't in the forefront of everything that we go through, especially as a society now. Mm -hmm. I remember, I mean, it was a very simple conversation. Um, we lived down the street from the playground where I live at in Lexington. And my son, man, he, he he's a funny kid, but he will pick up a stick and run to the playground, just make sure don't nobody mess with him. He's like, ain't nobody gonna mess with me. I got this big stick, I, I get a weapon. And we had to have the talk about how, nah, man, you can't always have a weapon with you because you a young black kid, you'll get shot. The police will come and shoot you, son. And I find myself, especially now as a black parent, having a lot of those talks as well as just educating my son more mentally than I feel like my parents got uh, gave to me, but yet modeling some of the same parenting styles that I appreciated from my family, especially my father. Like I said, me and my father didn't have a lot of deep conversations or anything like that, 
But one thing I did, I see my dad go to work every day. I see my dad when he was tired, still giving to to his family. Mm-hmm. I seen how important that was, and I try to model that. And I find my son, like Smitty said, even doing small things that I show him around, like he'll see me reading, and he'll go grab a book. Mm-hmm. And what we've been doing more, we even read books together now. Um, just trying to get that deeper bond that maybe I had with my dad or with my family or my mom mm-hmm. growing up, but also bringing out the best of what I've seen in my dad and my mom too. Now, to kind of stick on what you was talking about, J- uh, JC, I know you were talking about um, just kind of like your upbringing, right? Like, you know, what you were learning from your parents and what your parents learned, kind of some one of those things that's reciprocated, right? So tell us, spit some game for the people and, and uh, this is a question for both of y'all. Um, kind of give me your philosophy when it comes to, you know, obviously the world we live in is wicked, right? You know, you got a lot of crazy foul things that go on in the world, violence, you know what I mean? Obviously being black is definitely one of the biggest things on the forefront. I guess, how how much do you expose your children to? Like, uh, I know a lot of parents that, that go on both sides of the fence. I know some parents that are like, you know, I'm not gonna tell my kid so much so early, you know, in fear of, you know, preconceived notions are you know how that how how that person may grow up so I kind of want to steer my kid away from that but then you also got parents who are like I'm gonna tell them everything they gonna know early on like right away you know what I mean you know you getting direct exposure I guess what's y'all what's y'all thoughts on that you know what I mean what 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 side of the fence do y'all play on JC I'll let you tackle that bro all right um I find myself just trying to be honest with my kids um but yet I feel like sometimes we try, as parents, sometimes we fall into scare tactics mm-hmm. and really try to avoid those because I don't want to scare my kids. I just want to educate my kids. Okay. But I want them to know that, I, I mean, even from a, I wouldn't say super young, but even at a young age, that's not everybody in this world is a good person. Absolutely. Not everybody's out there to help you. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I want them to be able to come to me as a father if something doesn't feel right. And I feel like even if a kid is five, six years old, they're developing that moral compass. That's what what I was going to ask you. What, I guess, at what age do you think that exposure starts? Like say I'm my, my kid is, is one, one 19 months, right? He's he'll, he'll be two in September. So for somebody like me that has a younger kid or, you know, their significant other is pregnant. I guess, how soon do you kind of start that and get that process started? Or is it too soon to do that? It depends on the kid to me. It, mm-hmm. it really does. It, it, like he said, every kid is different. So my daughter was a lot quicker to start understanding things than my son. My daughter's my oldest. So she she just caught on to things a little bit quicker. Where my son, I had to kind of explain it to him more in phases mm-hmm. than being able to expose him to everything at once. But to me, man, especially when they're going to school, when you have when you're starting to send them to school, when you're starting to send them into somebody else's care for long periods of time, they have to understand that um, there are certain things in this world you have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. I like that. What about you, Ross? Uh, I mean, I agree with him, man. Like, it depends on the it depends on the kid. It, it really depends on the kid. So for my oldest, so I have three, as I said, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross will be. 15 in October. Uh, my daughter Aiden is six and my son Jackson is one and a half. Um, 
he's the one that chooses violence. Um, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he's different. But <laughs> for for Rossi, um, well, I I guess he now that he's older, he doesn't like me saying that in public. For Ross, um, he was a little older. He was definitely older than I was when when I had these talks. But he was probably like uh, nine or ten, I think. Okay. When my wife and I had to talk with him, now I can't really speak to what his mother says or does. You know, I don't know all the things because um, we co-parent and we're not the best at that. Um, but we have joint custody, so whatever is said and happens over there. I don't always know about, so I can only speak to his experience here. I mean, I think it was new for him because one, they have white people in their family, so I don't think they really talk about it like that over there, mm. but more so because his reaction to it. So we didn't have the talk until, um, I guess, until he experienced some of it or he had questions which I don't know if that's too late. I don't know if you're supposed to have the talk first or what, but I didn't want to have it with them too, too early because right. I, right. I had it. I was like six or seven years old. Uh -huh. Whenever boys in the hood came out, what was that? 91. Well, yeah, before I was yeah. born, I was born 94. So. <laughs> okay. so I was born in 84. So if Boys in the Hood came out in 91 and I was seven years old, you know, um, and that's when I had, you know, or my mom forced me to have to, she forced me to watch the movie and forced me to have the talk. And I was like, man, I don't want to go outside. They're going to do me like Ricky, you know? <laughs> um, right. But it's ironically, like right after we have the talk about, you know, being young and black and being a black male, uh, I end up, being called an n-word by a cop in the neighborhood you know what i mean now the other cop that was with him checked him but still that was my first experience so it was like man mama just told me about this like you know um i didn't have the talk first with ross it we went to a uh, pizza place in ohio because that's where my wife is from um we were going to come back home but she wanted to stop at this pizza place that she used to eat at when she grew up, right? Um, we go in there and it's predominantly white in that area. So everybody in the pizza place is, is white, right? Mm -hmm. Service was fine. But when we sat down, instead of taking the pizza, which I guess all the other black people do, when we sat down and ate in the restaurant, all the other white uh, customers are looking like, are you lost? Or do you not know the rules? And it was so bad that Ross, as the nine or 10 year old, felt the vibe, mm. <laughs> right? Like as a child, ch children don't necessarily understand the nuances of things or mm -hmm. can't understand, you know, the, the depths of things, but what they do what they do well is, is discern things and they can definitely feel a vibe. They know when it's off, you know, children are way more emotionally intelligent than we give them credit for. Mm. Um, so he felt that something was off. And so, you know, me, Smitty, 
as soon as I realized that they didn't appreciate my presence, well, I'm going to put my feet up. You're going to make them real uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I, want, I just want to know who's bad enough to put me out. You know right. what I mean? Like, which one of y'all are going to tell me I'm not welcome? Have all the looks you want. Don't touch my food. Don't touch my kids. Don't touch me. Don't say nothing that's going to make me slap you. And we cool. You know what I mean? Like, right. I... My whole thing in life is you doing you is fine as long as it doesn't impede on me being me. Mm. So you can feel how you want to feel. If you don't like black people, that's cool. I don't like some of these niggas neither. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you're not about to be in here, you know what I'm saying, making me feel uncomfortable. I'm going to sit here. You're going to feel worse than me. So we stay and we eat our food, even to the point where my wife was ready to go. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not full yet. You know? Right. But when uh, I ordered another pizza. So uh, when we do leave and we get in the car, Rossi has questions about like, why were they staring at us? And why, why I didn't feel like they wanted us around. And me and my wife are looking at each other like, man, are we really about to have this conversation now? And she starts crying because she feels badly that she has to have this conversation with him right now at this age because she didn't have to deal with any of that until she was much, much older. Mm -hmm. right. I, I kind of didn't feel as badly because I knew what it was, you know what I mean? And, and I've been experiencing this for a long time, but my, me and my wife are completely different because I'm from the hood and she's from the suburbs, you know? So I had no problem, you know, letting them know what was, on, what was going on. But that was like eight or nine. Now, my daughter is six. And ever since preschool, because we moved out into a really nice part of uh, town, but it's predominantly white out here. It's, it's mixed, but mostly white, right? So most of who she goes to school with has always been white kids. Mm -hmm. And in preschool, this little white girl said that her skin was dirty. Right. Then she says, you know, another time she says something about her hair. Immediately I'm pissed and we, you know, we take it to the, the director at a preschool and they address it. Right. Now she's in kindergarten and, you know, my daughter has a lot of hair and she's a pretty little girl. Right. And she got her hair pressed for the first time and went to school and everybody was talking about how beautiful her hair is because it's straight and down and it looks like theirs right mm. so then she because she goes to my, my daughter is a, a girl girl she goes to the hairdresser every month you know so she gets a new hairstyle which is um i don't want to say more black i guess I, i'll just say that looks more ethnic i'll say that right right and when she goes to school with that hairstyle Little white girls in her class say, your hair is ugly. Now, Crazy. if she was going to school with little black girls, she would deal with bullying or whatever else, you know, because it's just girls. Girls are mean as shit. That's just all it is to it. Little girls are super mean. And I tried to expose her to that when she was really little. And my, and my wife said, no, don't make her jaded to the world yet. 
But when she first started playing with Barbies, she had a whole bunch of Barbies. And I said, baby, that's not even how girls play. It's going to be like three or four of them. And they're going to talk about the other two that they don't let in the group. Like, that's how, you know, right. and she was, my wife like, don't do that, you know? So the problem that I have that I now take to the school is it's not that, you know, black girls wouldn't say something or be as mean, but when it comes to a white girl saying that to my black daughter, this creates image issues, right? So it was pretty when it looked like you, but when it looked like someone in my family or somebody that looks like me, it's ugly, mm. right? Or skin dirty because it's brown, but your skin is clean, right? Like stuff like that, right? That creates image issues. That's part of why I told my wife before we got, before we had Aiden, when we found out that she was having a girl that like that same week we saw this black woman with her daughter and they had on the same shirt and had on the same purse. And my wife thought it was cute, right? But the purse and the, and the shirt had an image of Marilyn Monroe on it. And I told my wife, my daughter is to never in her life have anything like that. I don't want her standard of beauty to be a white woman because mm. that's unattainable. She can have. She can have Lena Horn. She can have uh, Felicia Rashad. She can have, uh, 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 you know, any, you know, uh, uh, Josephine Baker. Any beautiful black woman, right? But her standard of beauty is not going to be white. Period. And so it's not just the talks about the cops and that mm. kind of racism that you have to have with your kids but it's also the other things the image issues that they're going to have right that's why i love you know black panther being the thing so that the kids don't have to be superman or one of these white heroes you know what i mean like right. that because you don't want what they think is perfect or they think is beautiful or they think is right to be something that they can't be yeah that's a bar. <laughs> going off, going off that man. Um, like he said, man, exposure to positive black images is so important for these young. They have to see that there's more to being black and being successful than being a ball player or being a mm -hmm. rapper, entertainer. And right. that's something you really lack in our, and you know, what I'm saying in America. So as a black parent, like he said, I think it's one of our responsibilities to put them around other black successful people in multiple fields to show that, I mean, uh, my little girl uh, loves the movie, I, it slips my mind, about the black astronauts, the black women astronauts. Oh, hidden, yeah. hidden figures. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I was one of the movies I made her go see with me because I just want to expose them to more positive black images other than what they probably hear about in school or what they hear from their friends or what they even might just see on TV. Right. Especially social media, man. And that's a whole nother conversation as far as perception <laughs> and painting an image that's not there and having young kids see that image and trying to be something that somebody who already portraying that image is not like that's 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 a whole nother can of worms. But what, what I really wanted to, to ask you guys real quick was um, so for me, I'm obviously I play football with you guys. Right. Um, I come from a sports background and um, Ross, I think you alluded to it earlier. You were like, hey, like one of the biggest 
you know, uh, misconceptions we have is, you know, with our first kid, I think he was trying to uh, put Darnell on game. You were like, you know, what, what you understand is you're going to think you're going to parent one way, but when your child come, they're going to tell you pretty much how, how to parent. Right. So mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about um, just kind of giving your kid a choice. So like for me growing up, right. More old school, right. Sports, right. A lot of kids now have the choice to, to not be in sports. Right. So for me, yeah. all the way up into high school, bro, my parents will always say, you don't have a choice. You know what I mean? Like, you, you're not, you're not going to tell me you're not going to do something, right? And you're going to do it. So you're going to play, you're going to play football, you're going to do, you're going to be active, you're going to do something, right? Uh, my dad used to always say, like, you don't know what you, what you don't know. Like, you, you have mixed emotions every day. One day you'll like something, so let's stick something <laughs> out. Let's, you know, be more, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Consistent in something, They're not being able to quit. You know, I think a lot of days, you know, you don't find a lot of kids playing sports like they used to. And, and being out, a lot of a lot of uh, parents get people to out, but it's their choice, right? So I guess what, what's your thought on that? Like, how do you guys feel about, you know, you know, you guys are probably athletes, right? You guys were athletes back in the day. You want your kid to, you know, potentially be like you or be better than you play sports or whatever. I guess what's your thought behind that? Do you guys push the envelope a little bit or do you just let it naturally just kind of like, okay, I'll just let my son be whoever he you you know he he wants to be but right. without any like are you guys like guide your son into kind of a direction that you ideally would want honestly all right so um I'll, let me go ahead and go on this one so my mom man was so hard on me to make my son play sports my mom was the main one trying to make me force my son play sports i don't make my son play sports uh -huh. i do get that choice on things um, but the main thing that we're going through and that I talk to him about is he has to choose an activity every year to be a part of. Mm -hmm. So my son has played basketball, football, baseball, soccer. Um, last year he was in the art club though. He wants to do art. He, he loves drawing. He loves, we, we bomb comic books, the how to draw comic books and stuff like that. And we joined the art class. And um, he actually had to, it, it was a real cool thing where they featured the kids art at the UK Art Museum mm, for the summer. He loved that. And, and it, that was his game day, I promise it was. <laughs> he went in there and got to see his little display and we took pictures and did all that. And I seen how proud he was of that. And um, this year though, he came to me and like he's, he's at it right now. We did track this year though. This year he wants to do track. Mm -hmm. So I do believe in giving them the choice, but it is important to still bring some of them old morals into it because there's been plenty of times you come home like, I don't want to do it no more. Well, right. you finish the season, son. That's, that we at least going to finish the season. And if it don't work out, we'll do something different next year. Um, but, man, like you said, as a father, you always wanted your son like, hey, man, you're going to play football, you're going to play basketball, right. you're going to beat all my old records, and you're going to be amazing. <laughs> uh -huh. But – my son was like, nah, I don't want to do football. And then he was like, you know, after a couple of years of basketball, I don't want to do basketball no more. And But yet he's always found a way, and I think this is what's really important, he found things that he's interested in and that he wants to put effort into. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have to force the effort as much when it's things that he genuinely picked and he cares about. Um, so you... I do give my kids a choice on their activities, but I do, like you said, man, through high school, even you have to do, you have to be a part of an A activity or something extracurricular. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Just stay, just stay busy, basically, is, is what you're saying. And, and, and once you pick that activity, now I probably am going to push you a little bit because you chose it. You said you want to do this. This, this is what your passion is. I'm going to give you that little extra motivation to make sure that we, you know, we put our best foot forward. So now I definitely respect that. How about you, Ross? Uh, well, first things first, I'm like JC. Uh, whatever it is we doing, we doing for a season. You know, right. Like, you ain't gonna start this. <laughs> for for multiple reasons, right? For multiple reasons. One, pay for this, right? There you I'm, go. I'm, I'm getting my money for it. You know, right. <laughs> I don't care if you don't ever touch the court or the field, then I better see you bust ass in practice. Right. <laughs> right. Here, like I want I want to see what I put what where my investment went. Your your effort. You, you doing whatever it is, is the ROI for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, so I'm not going to say I was an athlete, right? I, I, knew, I knew how to do two things. I, I played football early. Um, I quit football because of coaching, even though people said I could have been a, a good football player. Um, you know, a, a bad coaching experience can really ruin a kid. Uh, on a, and really sour kid on a sport. Mm-hmm. So I, I quit football real early. Um, but Darnell will tell you, I play, I play basketball. It's the hoop, I'm about to say, yeah. It, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an athlete. I hoop, you know, or I, or I did, right? An athlete can get in any sport and hold his own. No, I'm not that guy. I'll just take you to the blacktop and show you what I do, you know? <laughs> um, so I hoop and and later on when I was like uh, nineteen, I started uh, I started learning how to box. Right, I'm the dad that for real, for real, I don't want you to play the sport that I played because I don't want to be the he got game dad. Mm. Yeah, I'm passionate about basketball, you know. My, I, I played basketball because my dad was legit one of the best basketball players that I had ever seen, right? Um, he wasn't a tall guy, so I'm not going to say, like, you know, he could have taken Jordan and all of that. I am going to say that he could have busted Isaiah's ass. Isaiah wasn't <laughs> – Isaiah wasn't tall, you know what I mean? Right, Any right. Anybody around – anybody – six three or under my daddy could have gave it to like and i'm not saying that because he was my dad because like i said i ain't grow up with him, right but he was that nice i got to be a good basketball player not because he taught me because he didn't i watched him when i was real young but he didn't teach me i became a good basketball player literally to get his attention i thought that that would help so I, I became real passionate about the game. I learned everything about the game. You know, I've even, as when I became an adult, I've even been his assistant coach when he was coaching the game. And I've coached it, you know, I've coached plenty of times. I don't want my kids to do what I do because I don't want to be the one that expects something out of you that you don't expect out of yourself. Right. Yeah, I truly believe, excuse me, I truly believe that you should find interest in whatever your kids are interested in. Yep. 
right? So when my son was real little, when my oldest son was real little, he liked to draw. I liked to draw when I was younger. I just stopped doing it because I only had so much time in a day and you know, I found out about girls and I was like, well, I got to keep basketball and they can make me cool. So it's between drawing and girls and I'm gonna choose girls, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but when he started, when he started like drawing and really trying to draw, I was like, cool, I can pick, you know, I can pick a stencil back up and get to going. And so I would literally draw him pictures all the time, give them to him. Um, when he wanted to play football, I coached his football team. He wanted to play basketball because he heard about how I used to play and how my younger brother plays now and about how his grandfather played. He just felt like, you know, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Right. Told him he didn't have to. That's what he wanted to do. So I coached him. I then learned that maybe I shouldn't coach my son. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't have a bad experience. But he doesn't love the game the way that I loved the game. Yeah. He likes it recreationally, you know, mm -hmm. and I understand. I was literally like on some loving basketball trying to play for my daddy heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It, 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 was, it was bigger than the game for you. Right. It was bigger than the game for me. You know what I mean? Right. He's just playing. Uh, he wanted me to uh, 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 like train him to make the middle school team, which he did end up making. And, but before I, before we started training, I'm like, listen, you tell me how hard I should go. How good do you want to be? I want to be LeBron good. All right, well, I'm going to train you to be LeBron good, right? I know the game like that. I can show you the game. Halfway through us training, I'm trying to remind him as he's gasping for air. You know, I say, how good you want to be? Man, I just want to be good enough to make the team. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> And that's real. <laughs> I'm like, damn, them standards fell real quick, bro. Like, come on. Quick, boy. I'm like, what happened to LeBron? <laughs> what happened to LeBron? He was like, man, I'm just trying to make it now, man. Like, <laughs> you know, so, but it's whatever he say he want to do. You know what I mean? And for, and, you know, of course, like I said, I have joint custody of him. So I can't be there to guide his every decision, right? As far as the two younger ones that that live with me on an everyday basis, my daughter is in ballet. She just started soccer. She didn't know she was starting soccer, but her mama signed her up for soccer, right? right. She's not as into that as she is into ballet, right? Mm -hmm. She'll just randomly practice her ballet yeah. in the house or randomly show the move that they were working on, right? She's not really trying to randomly practice at getting better at soccer at six years old. Like, and I'm not gonna push her for that, you know? So it's whatever, whatever they're interested in. I learned at a young age watching, you know, uh, I won't bring these people's name up or my relationship to them because it might, you know, hurt their feelings, but watching other people um, and the interest that they show or don't show in their children and their children's interests, right? And because that person wasn't shown interest in what he had interest in, he then sh showed interest to what got attention and what was popular where he was from.
Mm. Well, probably where he was from was selling crack, right? So your kid is interested in things, one, because it's fun, and two, because it garners some kind of attention. If you don't give it that attention, they'll get that attention from somebody else some kind of way, mm-hmm. whether it's sex or drugs or alcohol or, you know, whatever it is, gang banging or whatever, you know, it is, they will get that attention some way from somebody that they are craving from you. Man, I feel that, man. Y'all dropping some gems today, boy. I'm uh, <laughs> I definitely appreciate that. Like I said, being the only one on here who, who doesn't have a child yet, uh, definitely beneficial for me to, you know, just kind of just learn, learn from you guys, different perspectives, different ages, different ranges, different, Absolutely. you know, everything, man. So, Bolo, you know, we pretty much kind of close to the end. Did you want to end it with a, with a this or that? I want to put you on the spot, Bolo. Yeah, we want to end it on this and that. Before we transition, um, obviously, mm-hmm. we, we want to thank y'all, man, for coming, you know what I mean, jumping on here and, you know, spreading y'all wisdom, y'all knowledge. Before we jump to this or that, and we'll talk, tell y'all exactly what this or that uh, means, um, JC in 10 seconds, then Ross, I'll give you 10 seconds. You know, for somebody, you know, uh, going going into fatherhood, you know, being a father, you know, looking for some advice, what's, you know, in 10 seconds, you know, some some advice that you can give them? Um, love your kids, man. No matter what, love your kids. Show them that you love them. Tell them that you love them. Do everything you can for them. Invest in them in every way that you can. Um, real quick, I just wanted to show y'all, man. This is one of the books me and my son read that mm-hmm. I think is every black man read with his son. Motivating black males to achieve in school and in life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a short read, but it's one of the best reads that me and him did. It talks about learning about his learning style learning about what motivates him, learning about what makes him want to succeed. And man, it, our, our the schools don't educate our kids the way we can educate our kids. So show your hey, kids. Man. The- man. Love it, man. Love it. What about you, Ross? Man, first of all, I just want to say, JC, that's that's facts, bro. And I and I love that you that you read with your with your son, man. Like uh that's just it's that's so important that's so that that doesn't just build a bond right that also builds a love that builds a love between y'all that builds a trust between y'all um that builds uh uh, uh that builds his vocabulary and his confidence you know like i, I think that's so dope i i read a lot you know i'm sitting by you know a lot of <laughs> books right now you know what i mean like I, I love to read and part of it is because my mom made me do it all the time and I hated it then, but I love it now. <laughs> He's going to love it, bro. Keep doing that. Thank you for doing that. Right. Um, my, my message is, um, as he said, love your kid, um, teach your children, learn your children. Right. Um, they're going, they're going to teach you too. They're going to teach you to have, how to have patience. They're going to teach you some things about yourself that you might not like. Be willing to accept all of that, right? Love them, teach them, learn them, prepare them. Prepare prepare them by giving them the spiritual guidance, teaching them about Jesus or whatever it is that you believe is, you know, the higher power is Jesus for me. Um, Teach them about the world that they're going into and teach them how they, how they, carve their own way into that world period i love it 
I love it, man. We appreciate, yeah, like again, like Bolo said, we appreciate y'all, man, dropping them gems and kind of, you know, just put, put me on game for sure, man. Um, like, like Bolo said, man, we, we got a little game. We love ending our shows off with something a little, you know, uh, on the lighter end, a little fun. So we got something just called This or That. Y'all probably played before where we basically will list two different things, two different people, players, teams, whatever. And you guys got to just pick which, pick which one and give us like a, a one sentence reason why you're picking them. So, Bolo, I'm going to start right. off real quick because I know my, my, my man Ross was talking about basketball a little bit. And okay. since he, he's the OG of, of the group, he mentioned the guy that I had in my mind. So this, que- this question can go to, can go for both of y'all, but I'm going to say Isaiah Thomas or Steph Curry, this or that. Which one are you going with? And tell me why. Isaiah Thomas, Detroit Pistons or Steph Curry, which one are you going with and why? Talk to me. Steph. Curry, bro. Ooh. Oh yeah, Steph. Right, I didn't yeah. expect that from the old from OG. I, I I I love Isaiah, bro. I, I grew up in the I grew up in the '80s and the '90s, bro. But listen, um, you didn't have to guard Isaiah the entire damn floor, bro. Like, oh now, Steph can shoot from the other side of the logo, bro. Consistently, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hate when people say that, you know. He couldn't have made it back then. Yeah, he could have because they didn't start guarding into the three-point line back then. And he can have court. How you guard that? He changed He changed the complexity of the game, essentially. You know what I mean? He, he changed for all he changed, ages. He changed how coaches have to scheme their defense. Like, when you when you have, when you have change defensive schemes, bro, yeah, no, nah, Steph, period. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear nobody my age, older or younger. Shut up, Steph. <laughs> JC, who you going with, though? I'm going I'm to give you a chance. I got to go with Steph, too, man. I, I got to go with Steph. Like you said, the way he changed the game, man, he's this generation Allen Iverson, where he really was that cultural Ooh, change. That's a good take. That's a good take. I like that. I like that. Because Ivo, hey. Ivo changed the game in a whole bunch of different ways. The crossover, the cornrow, oh, yeah. the, the, the headband, the I right, agree with all of that, but I'll let y'all live. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. I okay, was there okay. for that. I'm going to let y'all live. I'm going okay, to so next, I, I got one for y'all now. So this or that. Um, got to pick one. Um, obviously, it's more recent here. Uh, we got Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Ooh, football question. JC, I'm going to let you start off with this one first. Bro, I want Justin Fields to win. There is, I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. I want Justin Fields to be successful, man. Uh, so I'm gonna pick him just because, man. I think he's playing with a bigger chip on his shoulder right now. Okay. The way he was really supposed to be that number two pick, mm-hmm. and they really kind of slid my man down. I, I see your Bears got him though, Bolo. So I'm, man, I'm so I'm, happy. I'm so. I don't understand the the excitement I felt that when I seen him trade up. I kind of had a feeling when they traded up, bro. Right. It's daytime. Yeah. I like that. What do you think, Ross? Uh, Trevor Lawrence is cool. I like Clemson and all that, but um, I'm solely only cheering for whoever is on the same team with Sheldon Day. That's my answer. Ah, uh, I respect <laughs> that, man. I respect. So, so, so you you rooting for Baker Mayfield right now? I mean, what it sound like? <laughs> I, if that's if that's what we stand with, but I'm only cheering for whoever is on the same team as my little brother. Other than that, y'all can have that. I feel you. I feel you. Hey, that loyalty is real. Hey, that's what it's about. Hey, ride who you ride with. Right. I I choose whoever on Notre Dame. That's what I'm watching. Because if you (laughs) professionally, if you ain't with him, I ain't watching. 
All right, man. I respect that. It is. I respect that, man. Well, shoot. I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna throw one last one on there, but I didn't want to be cliche. Should I throw it on? Should I throw? Go ahead, hit him with it. I think it's only right we touch on it. But obviously, fellas, we got a couple minutes left. But yeah, you know, this this conversation may be a whole nother show. It may it may take about thirty minutes to. Yeah. To get the answers out, but go go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Let, let, let's see what they think. It's the last one. It's cliche. I know what it is, but I, I gotta at least ask one more basketball. Y'all going with Jordan, y'all going with LeBron. It's my last, it's the last one. Let me know what y'all thinking, man. Here we go. Oh, gee, you want to go first on this one, man? I'll, I'll let you go. I, I, I'm I really didn't want hearing him, and I don't want to influence. <laughs> I want to pitch everybody. I'm gonna go ahead and say LeBron. Ooh. I'm going LeBron. Only based off the fact that that's my generation, Jordan. I can't, I can't, I, I, I was born in 91. I ain't watched Jordan grow up. I watched LeBron go. Kobe? Who would you rather play with? But keep going, I'm sorry. <laughs> Man, I'm going with Jordan because I know I'm gonna get a championship if I'm going for the win. <laughs> Come on now. But, uh, I, so, okay, but no, so, but. <laughs> So the only reason you're picking LeBron is because you said he's your generation, George. So like that, that, that's your reason. Oh yeah, man. Right. I, I, I right. feel like it's almost unfair when people our age try to rock with Jordan just because we ain't watched Jordan on a night in, night out basis. Right, right, right. Okay, I, I see that. I see that. We get that same appreciation. We gotta appreciate what we got. I mentioned Iverson changing the league because that's what I watched growing up. That was, you know what I'm saying. Right. So I'm going LeBron. All right, I respect I like it. it. I like that take. Like Ross, that take. Ross, talk to me, man. You got the you got the hand right there, the placement. You look you look flustered. <laughs> Listen, I want to continue this conversation after we close this down. All right, like I'm dead. JC, Bolo, Smitty, uh, uh, Facetime me as soon as we get done with this because I want to talk. Bolo gotta go. I hit you up. Bolo gotta go. I hit you up. <laughs> I want to talk to y'all about that Iverson take too, but whatever. So. Um, uh, 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 Jordan, MJ or, LeBron. MJ or LeBron. The answer for me is easy. Duh, it's Kobe. I'm sick of y'all. <laughs> sick of y'all even leak Kobe. I like it. out like he wasn't what he was, bro. Listen, I, I I'll be 37 next Thursday. No, I'm rocking with you. So keep going. I watch. I, I know, boy. Listen. <laughs> We there. Yeah. Look, I'll be 37 next Thursday. I was I was born the year that Jordan was drafted. Okay. I've seen pretty much his whole career. I've seen LeBron's whole career. I'm telling y'all, the real answer is Kobe. Because Kobe one has everything that y'all that y'all love about uh Jordan. Plus, because of the era that he grew up in. He was able to take some things a step further. He was a better ball handler than Jordan because, you know, we just came from that and one, you know, dribbling era, you know, Iverson and one Steph Marbury Kobe. Like that's just what it was. Right. Um, he was faster than Jordan. Jordan was stronger and had bigger hands, which, which helped him on defense, but his defense was just as good as Jordan. And, uh, he was a better shooter than Jordan. And I know people that are listening don't throw their hands up. I don't give a damn. I coach. I've watched basketball. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Jordan took better shots, but Kobe was a better shooter. The reason why he took some of those, which seemed like off the wall, gunning, goofy ass shots 
because he knew he could make them. He might have missed some time, but he knew he could make it. Jordan didn't take those shots because he knew what he could and couldn't do. Ooh. A, team, a team that has a superstar is going to base the rest of the team around the deficiency of the superstar. Now explain to me if that's if that's if that's how you really make a championship team, why was Jordan surrounded by shooters? I'm not saying mm. that. Kobe, just, to, just to say this though, just to say this, RP Kobe, I think Kobe is definitely in that conversation, but I don't I think you have to factor in the high percentage shots that Jordan has take that goes into the athlete that he is, you know what I'm saying? For so for for Kobe to put up, you know what I mean, those type of shots, you know what I'm saying, and Jordan to be more manageable with shooting those shots, that goes into effect of how much of a all-around basketball player he is, which goes into the player, you know what I'm saying, specifically. If you- if but that, but that, that, that's a whole nother that's a whole nother can of work because I'm, I'm a Jordan guy. I'm a Jordan guy. I think Jordan, you know what I mean? Obviously, I knew he was a Jordan he, guy. He, he, from Chicago, he, he from Chicago, Ross, too. Just throw that out there. You didn't I know if Listen, I told you that. So I, I mean it was obvious when he when they said he liked the Bears, because nobody says that for no reason, right? right, like, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> who the hell liked the Bears, right? right. Nobody is sick is Walter Payton, okay. So I I already already knew that coming into it, right? But if you want to say that Jordan was a smarter player than Kobe Bryant, you know what? There's there's room for argument there, but I'll let you rock on that one. But if you're saying who is more physically talented at playing the game of basketball, is it Jordan or Kobe? It's going to be Kobe. No, I I get that, though. And I think there is a lot of other people who are – necessarily more talented but not better at the craft like I think there, this is an argument there, there are there are a lot of players that I think are better than some of these quarterbacks you know what I'm saying talent wise that are a quarterback but it's just about the position it's about being able to Fair, make man. plays within that within that position but we're gonna wrap it up it's definitely I, this is a little cliffhanger for the people that's listening I know y'all gonna start arguing once uh we shut down here but yeah. we appreciate y'all man follow us on Instagram um the porch podcast underscore there you go listen to us on all your listening platforms spotify apple google play podcast anything everything like share subscribe all that we love y'all hey real quick hey real quick hey man appreciate y'all for having me on hey it's always a pleasure to see you guys man i love what y'all doing with the podcast and uh hey darnell i gotta shout out your boy your old coach cp from warren central coach price oh yeah addisonville my hometown yo small world Okay, yeah, yeah, I had Coach Price for like a half a year. He cut out and went, went down to Kentucky. So that's that's my OG, yeah. though, man. Shout out to Coach Price. Appreciate you. That's cold. This is the Porsche, man. Get y'all merch, man. Live for the day. Yeah, we appreciate Stop playing. In the booth, Chris Record making hot shit. Yeah, I drop it. Play my shit in the club, gotta watch it. While the niggas be looking and plotting, they step in the game and they catch us around. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.